Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success, where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all, from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Hello, who do we have on the line? Well, I don't know what has happened to all the switchboards this morning. Can anybody hear me? Anybody hear me? Does your vision for business match what you see happening on a daily basis? Welcome to Jim White's Circle of Success where Jim White brings it all together. For over 30 years, Jim White has worked with organizations and individuals worldwide to help develop and implement excellence. You'll get the inside story on how to create innovative leaders from one corner of your company to the other. Get everyone on your team contributing to the bottom line. Keep building revenue even when the economy and your customers have flatlined. And more. Jim White's Circle of Success Radio covers it all from communication to contract negotiation, from personal fulfillment to revving up cash flow. It's not about theories. It's about showing you what works and how to make it work for you. And now, here's your host, Jim White. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, we had a show that run about two minutes over, so we apologize for that. Uh, technology at its best. We are broadcasting live, as we do every Saturday morning, from beautiful Carmel, California. Beautiful, beautiful Carmel, California. We want to first acknowledge uh, the wonderful guests that we have on the show today. Uh, we're going to give some bios of the uh, guests momentarily. But I can uh, start to show off by saying this. The people that are joining us today, they're experts in their field. They have been very instrumental in uh, moving an initiative uh, forward, commonly referred to in the, around the world as crowdfunding, 
and the United States as a job bill. History was made this week. I think that's what, what uh, one of the uh, uh, guests that uh, was going to share with you, history was made this week. We're going to spend the entire hour today, and like I said, uh, we, we have some uh, just some wonderful, wonderful uh, experts, and we're going to spend the hour to understanding exactly what this um, uh, historical moment was that, uh, based on this vote from the U.S. Senate today, or, or I should say the 23rd, or was it 22nd? Somebody will uh, get me straight here in a moment. But I want to reach out and welcome all of our affiliates uh, around the world. Uh, I want to especially uh, thank our uh, India uh, folks from India and Brazil. Uh, you continue to promote our show, and actually, from an international perspective, India is our, becoming our largest follower, and Brazil's number two. So thank you for that, and keep spreading the word. So who are these wonderful guests that we have today? Dara Albright is the founder of Now Street. It's the voice for the rapidly emerging private company marketplace and the co-founder of the Soho Loft Capital Creation Event Series. The definitive event platform for rising private markets. I love that. Rising private markets. Now Street is pioneering a number of innovative products and services designed to augment the growth of the private markets as well as enhance overall capital formation. Now Street Journal provides valuable information including news, analysis, and insights into private company marketplace and the companies driving it. Based on an original hypothesis that the, uh, directly correlates innovation in mass media with stock market growth, Now Journal highlights the dynamic economic impact of a purely growth marketplace rising during the most groundbreaking period of mass media, and we're going to really drill down on that more. Their mission is to bring awareness to the PCM, as they refer to it, as well as to help develop its infrastructure so that it can mature in a viable and functional institutional marketplace. Ladies and gentlemen, it is absolutely important that we really understand the experts that are talking to us today. That's the reason we're going to take the time to really give their in-depth bio. Dara has... 19, 20 years of experience. Uh, she holds securities uh, license, seven in the United States, 24 and 63 investments. So she's going to be able to shed a light, uh, a lot on the from the investment banking standpoint. Then we have uh, Vince Monolari, which is the founder and chief executive officer of Gate Technologies. Vince has been the driving force behind Gate's mission to create new market infrastructure that brings transparency. I love that word, Vance, transparency, efficiency, and liquidity to the unstructured, unstructured, get that, global alternative asset markets. He is responsible for Gates' strategic planning and business initiatives, including corporate alliance and strategic partnerships. His vision is based on a core belief that actionable knowledge, actionable knowledge, drives investments, and that technology can close the gap between traditional emerging alternative markets. Vince believes opening the private market for investment can spearhead 
economic growth and job creation. The company's initiatives and the impact uh, invested reflects Vent's commitment to bringing positive change through financial innovation. Then we have David Drake. Uh, David has been a frequent guest on our uh, Circle Success TV show. Uh, beginning in January, uh, we've had David on the show three times, and we actually had Vince on the, uh, our TV show a few days ago as well, part of their event that they uh, uh, hosted in Los Angeles. David is the uh, co-founder of uh, TSL Capital Creation Event Series and founder and chairman of LDJ Capital in New York City. Has been involved in technology, media, and telecom traditional and renewable energy you notice everybody that follows my show you understand when i have these voice inflections there is a reason for that it is absolutely drawing attention to these remarkable remarkable traditional renewable energy project finance real estate infrastructure equity i think and then we have another guest that we will introduce, and we're happy to get, we've got all these folks together. What we're going to do now, I am going to uh, have David to open the switchboard, and we're going to make sure. Dara, I want to start off with you. Dara, you there? Dara? Yeah, Dara was there. This is David Drake. David Drake, good morning. We'll start with you, sir. Historic week. I think you said in an email to me, we made history. Tell us about Hello? it. Hello? Now there's yes. Dara. Okay. Uh, now we found that, you, Dara. So maybe Dara will share the history that's starting to happen and will be finalized on Tuesday when the House gets a chance to vote in finalizing this bill. Dara, you want to take this? Good morning, well, I, Dara. Sure. Hi, how are you? Can you hear I'm me okay? okay? Thank you. I can't find. Oh, fantastic. Well, first I want to say, Jim, thank you so much for having us all on the show today. Um, and, you know, as you opened up, and, and I think that you really hit the nail on the head, this truly is a, a historic moment in our history. Um, you know, in, in this moment, you know, we not only have the U.S. regulatory environment, uh, but also the capital markets and the innovation that drives those markets all simultaneously on the threshold of dramatic change. Um, and it's an incredible moment in history, and what we witnessed um, uh, what, what we witnessed this week with the Senate passing the JOBS Act, um, I really look at this as progress. I mean, this is very exciting, and this is going to have a dramatic effect on, on our capital markets going forward. Um, you know, we, we've been through a period um, of, I would say, more than a decade now where we've had, where we have capital, instead of reaching our greatest job creators or innovators or entrepreneurs, um, you know, capital basically flowed just to the big institutional banks, to the big ultra-large cap companies, to the big institutions. Um, and I think that, you know, this bill is such an exciting leap forward because that will, it's going to change the way capital flows. So this is very, very exciting for all of us. I tell you, and I can hear it in your voice, and you explained that wonderful. Thank you, Dara. Uh, uh, hang in there. What we're going to do, uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, and I know we've got uh, Dave and Vince and the other two guests. We will, we will just make a new friend here shortly. David, David Drake, your take on the week. 
Well, you know, we did not expect it to move so quickly. Uh, the Soul Loft, TSL, we had an event in L.A. just a week ago, and uh, on Wednesday we were trying to figure out will we be able to get this to the Senate the following week, and by Thursday we heard yes, that they were going to push it through. I think by Saturday Sunday we realized it's going to happen by Tuesday, and Thursday they passed the Jobs Act, which were really six bills from last fall. There was a re-voted into one bill called Jobs Act covering many aspects from Regulation A to um, the 500 rule, as well as what we known as the crowdfunding bill, as well as non-solicitation being removed from Regulation D. And in essence, you know, in layman terms, media and crowdfunding will be able to offer equity in the near future if this passes with the amendment on Tuesday or Wednesday next week at the House level. But they already proved largely all of these bills. So it's really just an amendment that we believe is going to be fine. And we're going to have Jason Best uh, speak about this a little later on, who's been very active in the White okay. House and in D.C. about this. Okay. Okay. Vince, uh, welcome to the show. What's your take, sir? Hi, Jim. Thanks again so much for having me on and having everybody here. And, you know, I have to tell you, it is incredibly humbling to be in the company that uh, we have been keeping. And certainly David and Darren and the movement that they started and uh, Woody and Jason and Zach over Startup Exemption. Um, You know, I I think we're at a pivotal time here in U.S. history and certainly uh, very much so in recent um, capital markets changes. That, you know, it, it almost gives me goosebumps how excited I am to sit here and think, that I can tell my children that we were part of this change. And I think the part of the bigger underlying message here is, you know, this started, if you think about this, in, in just less than a year ago, last summer. Right. Uh, th- there wasn't even a bill introduced yet. And uh, uh, Congressman McHenry started to come out, come out swinging, thinking about things differently. You had Congressman Swikert and uh, McCarthy and Fincher, you had you know some of the leadership um, out there in, in uh, Garrett, et cetera, et cetera. And it really is indicative of the groundswell and the power that is within the Americans to stand up and have a movement, call your congressmen, call your senators, and make a difference in what we believe in. Because our country is so sorely needing leadership and change and looking at the world with a new lens. We can't continue down the path that we have historically because a lot of those things from debt to overregulation to not thinking about uh, things in the new paradigm just don't work. So it takes new thinking, and it's just so exciting and I think so empowering, and I think we're going to really look back at this time in the not-too-distant future and say, oh, my goodness, we were all part of making a major change that made America a much better place to be. And I tell you what. Well said. I want, uh, to that effect, Jim, uh, I'd like to add. You know, what is it we're talking about? What is this bill about? Yeah, when, yeah, we're know, gonna we're gonna drill down on that a little bit, a uh, little bit more. This is David, right? David Drake, correct. Yeah, uh, guys, do me a favor, well, because we're gonna keep the switchboard open so we can have a very interactive. Uh, but when you speak, uh, make sure just for the audience that we uh, we say uh, who, who you are. That would help the audience to really keep everybody together. So thank you. Go ahead, David. So in essence, you know, the crowdfunding bill is just one part out of six different, uh, six different bills. But since it's a topic of crowdfunding, 
what is under consideration to be passed as soon as Tuesday and then go to Obama to sign it into law is the fact that you can do crowdfunding, meaning get a crowd online to give you 10 to $100 or more, but also offer ownership in your company. And that's really taking the 1933 and 34 SEC Acts to the digital era of today because that was built, created in 33 after the Great Depression, which was considerably right. an analog right. world. Right. I just want right, to clarify right. that. So go ahead, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, David. And what we're going to uh, do, uh, uh, we get the other guest. Uh, Jason, is it? Are you on the line, please? Yes, Jason Best here. Jason, uh, Jim White, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks very much. Your, your, your colleagues have said you guys uh, did a great uh, uh, big part of setting the foundation for this. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please? You bet. Um, Sherwood Neese, uh, Zach Cassidy-Dorian, and I uh, began working on this issue at, at the end of 2010. And in January of 2011, we began the process. We sort of came together as three entrepreneurs who had all successfully raised capital through private equity, uh, hired hundreds of people, had fast-growing companies. Woody and I are both uh, Inc. 500 uh, entrepreneurs who've We've had uh, companies that have been on the list of 500 fastest growing private companies in the U.S. multiple times. And, but we, finding capital in the wake of 2008 uh, was really impossible, especially for small business and entrepreneurs, uh, because even the professional investors who traditionally are angel or, or venture capital folks were really looking at uh, investing in later stage startups and not as early stage or seed stage as it uh, had in the past. Also, for folks on Main Street, on small businesses, getting expansion capital or working capital was, had become impossible as well. So we started talking about this idea, and so we called uh, a couple of SEC lawyers to sort of talk through it, folks who had worked for the SEC very closely, specialized in these uh, 33 and 34 acts. And they basically told us it was, it was impossible, that there was no way that the SEC was going to change these laws. There's no way this sort of thing was going to be possible. Um, and uh, we basically just decided that we were going to give it a try because we had nothing to lose, and uh, we wanted to try to, to try to make a difference because we really believed this was, this was the right thing to do. And so really in January of 2011, we began socializing the idea. We, we were able to gain, the, uh, uh, gain access to the House of Representatives uh, through uh, Chairman Ice's committee, uh, and then Chairman McHenry's committee uh, to, have, to be able to talk about our, our friend, this framework to be created. We literally sat down at a, at a dining room table uh, and, uh, create, with, and just created this framework that became the basis of all the legislation, both on the House and Senate side, that was presented. Um, and then we been working with the House uh, to be able to get a vote of you know, over 400 the yes votes, uh, out of 435, uh, it was pretty incredible uh, in November of last year. So a long process of socializing this, working with folks, you know, kind of all over the place to make it happen. And then uh, being able to have what we had happen this last week in the Senate, which was pretty amazing. But, you know, we have uh, – it's been gratifying that this concept that we put together has come this far. And we're certainly hopeful um, that the House will uh, pass this final amend, amended version uh, this week and the president will sign it. Yeah, great, Jason. Great great work and and uh, 
when we decided yesterday, based on the uh, you know the Senate's vote, and uh, we were changing the show, and like I said, David has been on our TV show uh, uh, many times since January promoting uh, this idea. So we threw out the show that we had planned and brought this one in. And guys, you're going to be proud to know uh, we have had more response. Uh, from this show, and right now we can tell from the switchboard, we've got 122,000 people listening as we speak right now from our switchboard. So, you did something right. Thank you. Who else do we have on the line we have not introduced? We have Sherwood Neese, and I am partners with Jason Best at the Startup Exemption. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, Your take, sir? Well, Jason and I are equally as excited with the progress that we've made. It is, uh, as entrepreneurs that are used to just digging in and taking ideas and growing them into businesses, uh, as Jason said, we were frustrated with the lack of capital that was out there. And we know, being MBAs, that cash is king. You cannot grow a business if you don't have access to capital. So it was the frustration of not having that capital that forced us to sit down and and develop this framework that combines the tenets of crowdfunding with um, seed capital raising for entrepreneurs. And I think it's uh, it's amazing to have Washington listening to you. It's amazing to have the White House pick up the phone and call you and say, hey, guys, what is this crowdfunding thing that you're talking about in the media? What is it that you got Chairman Issa to call a hearing on? Uh, sit down and, and tell us about it, and then to have the president come out and endorse it in the Jobs Act have McHenry uh, introduce it as the legislation and to see our entire framework essentially be the basis of that legislation and then to have the president come out with a statement of uh, administration from the White House saying he publicly endorses a Republican-led initiative was just overwhelmingly awesome and to see how the the Senate has rallied around it and taken it to the next level, um, we are just overexcited with the potential that this has for not only us as entrepreneurs, but all the other entrepreneurs really in the world because we think there's potential to expand what um, what we've developed here in this framework essentially around the world because many of the securities administrations are already calling us, asking us for their input as to how they implement this type of uh, procedure in their countries. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, what I would like to do now and uh, you guys, like I said, we got an open switchboard, and we're going to keep it that way. You guys are really doing a great job as far as the background uh, noise is concerned. But what I would like to do, uh, Dara, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call on you if I may. Sure. What our audience and our listeners really are asking for, like I said, the switchboard is lit up. Tell us about how this thing works. Right. Tell us about. Uh, the Senate, what did they approve? That's different from the uh, House version. And as David Drake said, uh, uh, the amendment's going back to the House. Hopefully, uh, and what we can tell, Eric Cantor, uh, the uh, House majority, seems to think that he'll get that to a vote next week. So it's assumed that's the case. So, so it, it gets by the House, goes to the President, signed into law. Okay, now what do we have? Uh, what happens next? What can entrepreneurs do next in order to start actually creating a fund? That was a whole right. bunch of stuff. 
Well, now I'll tell you, you know, you know, I would say that this week was an enormous leap forward, but uh, truthfully, now we have to roll up our sleeves because now is when the real work begins. Um, so now, really, the, the next step, and once this, that this is signed into law, is going out there and, and coming together, taking the thought leaders, such as the people that you have on the phone today, um, you know, the, the legislators, the regulators, um, and um, you know the the the, um, the the business professionals, Wall Street professionals. We all need to come together and really create um, and develop the infrastructure for this platform, um, and and as well as implement the best practices. Um, and and that actually is what the Soho Loft events are really all about. Um, it's about coming together to do just that. So, you know, what really are the next steps? Well, now we need to go out, we need to educate entrepreneurs, show them there's, there's a new way. I mean, you know, traditionally there were, there were very few paths to, to raising capital or to capital formation. Um, and, you know, what I, what I think is really uh, incredible about what's going on now in the political arena is that this completely changes everything. Um, you know, when you look back on historically how do companies raise capital, well, it's either you go to uh, friends and family, to then to the next step would be an angel, next step a venture capitalist, um, you know, then possibly private equity, you know, or, you know, or then obviously the ultimate goal is to do an IPO. Um, but, you know, that system we all now is completely broken on many levels. Companies aren't able to IPO as fast as they once were able to. Um, it's taking 10-plus years when it used to take only four. Um, I think wow. that there are also some difficulties, um, you know, when even when you have that type of um, capital structure, you know, there, there are a lot of venture capitalists that are involved in the company that say, hey, you know what, um, my money is a lot more important than everybody else's money, including the entrepreneur, including the founder. So I deserve to get $2 back before everybody else sees one. You know, mm -hmm. that's a broken model now. Now the playing field is, well, where this is going is, is, is going to a more level playing field. What's mm -hmm. the other traditional path to capital? Well, you know, other companies take a shortcut and say, well, you know, let's reverse merge into a shell and, um, and get public that way, go public on 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 you know the the you know bulletin boards, pink sheets, right. and you know that that that's really a a that market has become completely tarnished. Um, you know it's you know it, it is it's it's probably the worst path a company could take. You know you're you're manipulated all the way. Um, you know, you basically have uh, the only ones making money in, in, in that model are really the pipe guys and the IR guys. Um, yep. So, you know, what we need is a new system where money actually, where, where actually the shareholder and the issuer, where their interests are completely aligned. That's what needs to happen. And I think that that's what's happening now as our capital markets are evolving. Um, you know, I think what, what, what the most, you know, to me, what I think is the most fascinating part of the private markets is that this is a long-only marketplace. 
there's no manipulation, there's no derivatives, you can't short these things. People aren't interested in a quick buck or it's not the casino mentality. You know, people that are interested in these companies, they actually believe in the business. And mm-hmm. I think that that is the distinction, and, and I think that's, that if that's where our capital markets are evolving, um, that's what's going to bring this economy back. And that, to me, is what's most exciting. I'm going to get Vince. Vince, your take, I mean, you, uh, your organization from uh, from a technology standpoint, and there's one thing I just highlighted here as Darrell was talking was, uh, if I'm reading this correctly, it says, SEC approved portals? Is that correct? Right. So what I, is I, that? I, well, I, I, basically when you talk about the SEC, FINRA, what we would call the SROs or self-regulatory organizations, I think people have to understand when you hear many of these debates that are occurring today or, frankly, through the process of this legislation being approved, one of the most important things that we hear about is investor protection. And that is paramount right. to everything that we do, and frankly, for everyone certainly that's, that's participating here. You know, but I think what we have to understand is we can't over-regulate ourselves. We, right. we have to give the people who are making the investment some level of vote of confidence that they're smart people. They understand their own risk tolerances. They understand that they may lose money. So, you know, I, I think it's when you start to look at this new ecosystem, and I think Dara really hit on it, when you start to look at this as we would call an investment practice, mm-hmm. this new way to invest is very important, and it's enabled by the fact that we put the proper uh, risk parameters in, what we, I would say is standardizations, best practices, so that it is not just, uh, frankly, a casino, or right. it does yeah. not have um, – high levels of um, bad actors. So right, it is right. a, a, a vetting process, if you would, that says, okay, if you're going to come and participate in this market as an issuer or as an intermediary, there's certain minimum thresholds that you have to comply to or agree to. And those things are so important because it creates an orderly marketplace. And, it, and when you overlay that with regulation, the existing regulation that we have today, when you look at an SEC portal, uh, concept or FINRA. We are already governed by a broker-dealer rules and regulations, and frankly, as part of GATE itself, is also an alternative trading system, which mm-hmm. is, took us a year and a half as a designation to get above and beyond the broker-dealer. Mm-hmm. Where we went another length and became a qualified matching service pursuant to the U.S. Treasury. So mm-hmm. we're out there as this group is in a leadership position, and I think it's, it's a great point uh, for Jason or, or, or Woody to, to jump in and talk about uh, the new SRO that was just set up, uh, that we are all part of it in trying to drive this, this emerging new um, uh, investable practice to a much higher level of credibility. And, you know, and again, sorry, I don't know if you have a particular agenda, Jim, but I think it's so important, and it's probably a good segue into speaking about that a bit, if that's okay with you. That's fine. Um, my agenda is to take it. The people's on the call today, you're in the trenches, so we're going to take it any place we go with wrapping it up for people to really understand um uh, what they do in 10 days from now if I want to start raising money. I, I want to try to, you know, as difficult as that is, and I understand there's still a lot of unknowns, uh, 
But that's a lot of requests that we're getting. Okay, tell us how to do this. We're excited about it. Tell us how to do it. Jason, uh, 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 you pick up what uh, Vince uh, was making reference to? Sure, I'm happy to. We um, One of the things that became clear uh, in, in pushing this through Washington is the need for – that the SEC is obviously going to be involved, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and will be regulating this industry as it does with all financial products. Uh, in, the, in the rest of the kind of existing ecosystem of financial products today, there's an organization called FINRA, which regulates broker-dealers in the United States. Uh, it's a self-regulating organization, uh, which means that the SEC has, has only has so much budget and, and so many uh, man-hours to put against enforcement, and so a self-regulating organization really augments that so the industry can police itself. It puts together the kinds of, of regulations, oversight, education, uh, and thought leadership that the industry needs in order to, to move itself forward. And so yesterday uh, we announced uh, the foundation of a crowdfunding uh, SRO, or self-regulating organization, and we will be bringing on the different uh, crowdfunding platforms that are available today and also those that come in the future. Uh, right now, it's, you know, we're sort of focused in the United States, but obviously as this industry increases around the world, uh, we'll want to expand that membership into uh, international members uh, outside of the United States as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. David Drake, um, you are... Yeah. You, you and Dara in this Soho Law Capital Creation event, and I know you just completed one in Los Angeles, and I think everybody that's on the call was directly and indirectly involved in that. Your role, again, is one of education. Is that correct? Education, vision, uh, creating the infrastructure, and also being the voice, being involved with SRO that we put together. And, you know, on that behalf, you know, the listeners in Brazil and, and India and everywhere else in the world, I want you to reach out to our groups collectively as a group between Vin, uh, Sherwood, Jason Best, Darrell Albright, and myself for us to be able to cross-polarize and see what is happening in the rest of the world and educate people what's happening over here. And in, in that endeavor, you know, we are going to do an event in Stockholm to take this international with the soil law and also talk about what's happening in the U.S. and see what can be you know, shared, educated, and leveraged, as well as challenging institutional institutions globally. So we're going to do that April 26th, and we'll have a crowdfunding event in New York City on April 18th, the week before. And then we're doing about an event a month, so we'll do another one on the 10th and the 6th. And all of us here on the phone will be at these events, and we're mm-hmm. welcoming organizations globally. They're looking at what can we do and how does it work to reach out to us. And you can either do that with David at the com, or go to the Soho Loft and just reach out to Dara or myself. And we can also go to the website for the SRO, which is going to be up and running shortly, where you can also do that, and we'll guide you to it. So that's one of the okay. things we want to encourage people who are listening right now. You can reach out to us right now and tell us what you want to accomplish in your country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another, I think, uh, play, yeah, go ahead. People, I'm, sorry, this, I'm sorry, this is Jason Bass. I just wanted to also add that uh, the website for our initiative and for the uh, regulatory okay. framework that we advocated for and, and we hope next week will be signed into law uh, is available at startupexemption.com. 
at startupexemption.com. And you also, if you'd like to join uh, the self-regulated organization or find out more about it, feel free to reach us there as well. Thank and, you, Jason. And, oh, Jim, Adara? Oh, Adara, I would also just add, too, that um, you know you, you, were, you were saying that your phone's being lit up there with people yep. calling about um, ideas, how they could actually capitalize in this market, how they could um, utilize it. Um, that's the other thing, you know, I think what our events are all about. I mean, it's an educational forum, but it's also an opportunity to meet the industry leaders, meet the people who are actually shaping um, crowd, the, you know, the crowdfunding industry, um, meet the, the ones who are running the various platforms, um, as well as meet the angels and the groups and, and the potential investors. So, you know, it's a way of them not only to um, – you know, to, to learn how they could use crowdfunding, you know, once it becomes law or raise capital through the crowdfunding process, how it might benefit their company, but also get to know some of the, the, the people involved and some of the, the um, you know, as well as some of the potential investors. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's good. Um, let's take a look at uh, just what I call the nuts and bolts here for a moment. From the Senate version, uh, with with this amendment, uh, the people are looking to raise money. If I'm if I'm reading this correctly here, uh, the Senate said we want to make sure that you got to provide financials, which is not unreasonable, right? <laughs> Who are yeah, you? You're right. Right, not unreasonable. Uh, we can raise up to one million dollars if you have audited financials. Is that correct? This is what he. Uh, the way it works is is. Okay. There's limits on the amount of disclosure that you have to give based on how much money you're going to raise. So the audited financials would come in for a company that's probably a little more sophisticated than a startup. Um, and what the, the legislation mandates is if you're going to seek $500,000 or more through a crowdfunding offering, then you'd have to have uh, uh, audited financials. But if you're going to be launching an idea and you're just going to want to raise that initial seed capital or build that proof of concept, Anything okay. up to $100,000, you as a management team just need to sign off on that the financials and the disclosures that you're giving are, are true and factual to the best of your knowledge. Uh, anything between 100 and um, 500,000, um, you would have to then um, have a CPA type of review, a sign off of this, and you should know that that type of review doesn't actually exist today as is. So. Parts of this legislation do create new types of review processes that will be taking place. Um, and what Jason and I and Zach were trying to do when we were pushing this legislation through is state a policy and state of what works for entrepreneurs in getting money to them to get their businesses going. And I think as uh, Dave was, or Vince was talking earlier, with his minimum regulation, but as you can see, there is a proper amount of uh, third-party review that everyone sort of wants other people to be looking at other than the crowd that's going to be vetting these deals as well. Another provision also in, in the Senate uh, version is that they would, uh, in, in the House bill, they basically, you know, companies would, would be able to, there they would be no, um, you know, no, no registration of the platform. Um, the crowdfunding platform itself. In the Senate version, uh, they want the platforms themselves to be regulated. So 
such as like gate technologies, you know, they already are ex- existing in that reg- um, in the regulatory under the regulatory framework. Um, but the other platforms would have to go out and now register with with the uh, you know with the regulators. So that would be another difference as well. Okay, Darrell, for the clarification, uh, go ahead. Who's this? I'm sorry, Jim. This is Vince. I, I didn't mean yeah, to Yeah, go ahead, Vince. No, it's okay. I, I think, Jump in here. I think what, what, what is probably important for uh, the listeners, and I think yeah. I'm sure, you know, how, how do you execute? How do you go out right. if you're listening to this today and you're an entrepreneur or, the other side, a potential investor? How do you, how do you move this to action? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, I, and I think it's an important to understand that we're just not quite ready yet. Right, so what has to occur? Let's assume uh, this week everything gets passed, and shortly thereafter, President Obama uh, signs off on whatever the final uh, bill is. There's going to have to be an implementation period um, by the SEC, and I and I think this is kind of a nuance that a lot of people are overlooking. In the original, I believe it was in, in the original uh, uh, House version. They were asking uh, or demanding, frankly, that it be implemented within 90 days. At one point um, in Senate, I believe it went they, it was was 180 days. Uh, in recent weeks, and whether it was a week or two weeks ago, uh, Chairwoman, uh, Chairwoman Shapiro of the SEC wrote a letter uh, to to the Senate, basically how she felt about various portions of the proposed bill, and she asked for 18 months to implement. Oh, so, that, oh. so, so when I read that, it, that is just tragic to sit there to say that we could actually have the bill and legislation in hand, and the SEC is asking for 18 months in order to implement these. So I, I, I'm hoping that it's certainly not 18 months. Um, however, it, it, the finalization is, but my guess it's going to be at least six months, and it could be longer. Uh, I don't think, from a crowdfunding perspective the SEC is overly anxious to have this happen sooner than later, so I think it could be 6 to 12 months. I think that does present somewhat of an opportunity for folks like Gate Technologies who are already regulated, who could move to customize, as we're doing now, our technologies for the crowdfunding space and enable those transactions to happen even prior to the SEC implementing because we, as Darren pointed out, we are already regulated today. So that's something right, that, right. from, from a, our own firm standpoint, we're very excited about that. We somewhat uh, anticipated some of this and became regu- uh, already regulatory approved, and hoping you know, we can continue to move the space and um, help the entrepreneurs and, and get to job creation sooner than 6 to 18 months. Vince, thank you so much for that, because that was the, that was the missing piece, and that answers a lot of questions. Uh, because I was about to take some uh, a lot of emails coming in, and and a majority of them were just that question. So you dealt with a lot of it. So thank you for that. Um, so uh, Jason, Woody, uh, David, Darrell, Vince, we're going to certainly be pushing to not let it be eighteen months, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think if we that's all had our, our choice, it would be next week. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to have a, a strong self-regulating organization that could be a unified voice in Washington for the industry uh, that can be, you know, working uh, side-by-side with the SEC on the rulemaking process, can be a unified voice and, and um, you know, really work with the administration to help encourage the SEC to move along in an in a expeditious fashion. 
I, I, I love it. Uh, David Drake, uh, your event that you're doing in Stockholm, was that, that was already on the calendar, right? It had nothing to do with this? Uh, uh, what, what was that all about? Well, no, it's actually a panel where we're discussing okay. crowdfunding as an asset class and okay. discussing you know, a higher level of getting these, this asset class to institutions, wealth managers, and asset managers as an asset that they can invest in. So okay. it, it is very relevant because it is about crowdfunding in Stockholm, April 26th. And we'll do one panel with Globe Forum, which is going to have about 900 people for a full-day event. So it's quite a big event going on in Stockholm that we're excited about. Yeah, good. Um, live radio and live television, you can't believe how fast it goes when, when we get going here. We've got 14 minutes remaining in the program today, ladies and gentlemen. And as you notice, we have not uh, we have foregoed all commercials as well. So we'll get some emails from our uh folks that are paying us to air their commercials, so we will apologize for that up front. Uh, but this information was so critical, and to be able to get uh, the talented folks together on a Saturday to share with you, I thought was uh, uh, we could uh, kind of forego a few things and be able to get a lot of stuff in there. Okay. In the remaining time we have, Vince, uh, uh, you know, you, you really lay that out very nicely. So six months, could be 18 months for us uh, being able to implement. But you also said that Gate Technologies kind of saw, uh, had a vision to go ahead and get approved, so to speak. Is that the right term, terminology? Yeah, I, I would say just, you know, again, some sh- shameless self-promotion here for our own firm, and I apologize. Hey, be, be, be shameless and promote. Uh, Gate Technologies is our parent company, uh, and that is the developer of our technologies, our our intellectual property, uh, effectively the holding company or the umbrella. Uh, We have a global view of um, a lot of the same phenomena that we see here, and and, in many of the financial markets in our investment practice, the United States has always taken a leadership position, and frankly, uh, we have we have a business uh, operation as far off as India that is uh, CoinGate India, which will uh, effectively launch uh, next quarter, utilizing the same technologies and investment practices in local uh, market conditions, and, and largely we're seeing the same phenomenon, Jim. So mm-hmm. the technology company we look to utilize and propagate that technology in a global footprint. What we did in the United States was to to anticipate a couple of years ago that uh, the need for the new investment practice, uh, because of, as Dara pointed out, the amount of IPOs uh, that have just not happened, going from 500 down to 125 a year, and the sheer size of those individual offerings being in multiple billions, that we, we just lost our whole small to middle market IPO process. That meant the entrepreneurs, the small companies, the emerging next growth companies weren't being incubated with more capital. Therefore, they were either uh, being stagnant, uh, having contraction and laying off people instead of hiring, and we weren't having that vitality in our economic system that generally comes from the private sector. So we looked at that and said, how do we, how do we get the flow of capital unclogged? How do, how do we enable and empower the small company and the entrepreneur? And we felt that to do it um, any other way than put it into a regulatory entity so that you could preempt a lot of these things. So in the U.S., we are called Gate U.S., which is a U.S. broker-dealer, an alternative trading system, and a qualified matching service. Mm-hmm. So now we're looking at taking that same brain power in our technology and doing specific adaptations for the crowdfunding space 
and being that utility that we'd like other participants to use to be regulated sooner than later. So it's really a um, moving some of the things that the SRO are always going to be putting in place to real practical utilization on an electronic system that's regulated to have best practices, to have standardization, to have investor protections first and foremost, to um, limit uh, and eliminate would be the goal to any kind of bad actors on the system and mm -hmm. have them to come through a, a regulatory approval process, anti-money laundering. So I think, mm -hmm. I think those are kind of uh, the things that we're excited about, and hopefully we can be in the marketplace enabling entrepreneurs uh, with capital well sooner than the six-month period, mm -hmm. but certainly, uh, you know, hopefully well before any kind of 12-month anniversary would roll around. Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, you know what, I, Dar I, Jim, if I yeah, could Dar also add one thing, too, that, um, you know, this is Dar again, that yeah. I, I, I think is really important to also um, discuss, and, and I think, you know, once the SEC sort of sees the difference between crowdfunding and just a microcap type of marketplace, I think the SEC is fearful um, you know, of, of what we've seen historically in the microcap space. But, you know, what we also want to do is get them comfortable with understanding that, that you know, the crowdfunding space is very different from anything that we've seen before. Um, you know, what we're looking at here, these people and these investors that get involved in these types of companies, and you know, when you look at some of the existing platforms now, like Kickstarter and Rocket Hub, um, which are obviously they're not getting um, they're not they're not getting securities for giving money, but they're participating in in giving those companies money for their project. Um, you know, what what we have that's different is a different mindset. You know, crowdfunding investors they're investing because they truly appreciate the business the mission, the value of that business to the community. They're long-term investors, you know, and that's very different from what the SEC is used to um, in, the, in the conventional microcap markets when they're looking at um, investors who are, you know, looking to make a quick buck. Um, so it's very, very different, and I think once they could kind of wrap their arms around that mentality and and how it's different, you know, hopefully, you know, that 18-month time frame uh, becomes a lot less. Mm -hmm. That's uh, good. Uh, Jason, for your, um, um, uh, your SROs, uh, I'm, I'm taking it that, that you guys are leading that effort to get that in place. Uh, you have a time, time, time uh, frame for that? Uh, this is Jason Bastian. Yes, we're uh, taking the lead on uh, the on the SRO. Uh, our time frame is that uh, we'll be gathering um, different crowdfunding platforms as founding members over mm -hmm. the coming days and weeks, uh, with the goal of meeting to uh, ratify our principles and uh, mission and framework uh, very quickly. Uh, we want to be able to uh, sort of move this in a very rapid uh, fashion uh, so that we are able to begin to engage with the SEC uh, in, a, in a unified way. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that is absolutely key, to, uh, in, as you say, in a unified way. Uh, so you got that voice, keeping that pressure on, just keep this thing moving. You just don't let it drag out, as Vince 
as indicated, it's got a potential to do it. David Drake from the uh, for you and Dara from your uh, Soho Loft. Uh, for I'm I'm taking it once again, and I, I know I've been somewhat redundant here. That you guys are going to take a pretty active role working with Jason on this SRO. Oh, absolutely. We're going to be very active, and uh, you know, we've been working together every single month for the last eight months already, and been very. Right. Supportive of this, so yes, we're part of the SRO, and we're supporting it being the face of having monthly events globally, or even maybe two, three events a month, with the voice of the SRO being projected from that. Dara, would you like to add something to that? No, I think that that was uh, that was great. Chip, this yeah. is Vince. I apologize. I'm making a habit of uh, jumping in there. Jump um, in, guys. Not a problem. I, I think we have this. Wonderful brain trust and great entrepreneurs that are that are a little bit humble on with me, yep. uh, and I have to say, I think, you know, hats off. And I think what what I don't know I if it's actually clear. Uh, there was a public uh, press release yesterday of by uh, Jason and Woody and Zach, uh, Dara, David, and myself on behalf of Gate Technologies and Gate Impact that we are actually formed and publicly announced the establishment of this SRO, the first of its kind for this space. And I think that needs to be heralded. And I, you know, I'm uh, happy to stand from the rooftop and tell everybody how proud I am to be a part of that and how important I think it is uh, for the space, for all the things that we're talking about, to be that unified voice with the regulators and uh, with the market participants. So I think that in itself is a huge accomplishment. And I think when Jason and uh, Woody start to talk about um, the next steps, it's really in action and, and bringing in all of those intermediaries to become members. But the entity is, is up, it's established, and, you know, I don't want to take uh, any thunder from Jason or Woody, but I, I don't even know if we said the name of that yet, and I think we should be putting that out there as we speak so uh, it begins to get that momentum in the marketplace. What is the name? Is it the Startup Exemption.com? Is that what it is or not? This is what it's called the Crowdfund Intermediary Regulatory Association, C F I R A dot org. No, we have I have it's the first time I've heard that. Uh say it again, please, Woody. Crowdfund Interme- Intermediary Regulatory Association, C F I R A dot org. Okay, I am uh Dara was so good and, and Dara, my hat's off for you pulling this all together from we started talking about it less than twenty four hours ago. Kudos to everybody. Um I see it here. I'm reading the press release. My uh my engineer just gave me the press release. Uh C F I framework, uh is that it? Uh, I'm looking C-F-I-R-A. at it. Yeah, okay. Good, Vince. Good. Okay, we have four minutes remaining. Dara, start with you, uh, and 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 I'll use the term. The vital thing that you see that you would like for people from a call to action. Say, so you're out there, you're listening to the program, you're doing what? What? What do you need? What do you need from the folks? What do you need from the entrepreneurs? What, what, what would you like to see for them to do next? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great. I would say. I would love to see the entrepreneurs. First of all, the one thing I would like to tell them that is, you know, I, I first of all thank you for all the effort that you do because it is the entrepreneurs that I think that make this world go round. If it weren't for our entrepreneurs, you are our visionaries, um, you are our innovators, and if it weren't for our entrepreneurs, we'd have no iPads, we'd have no televisions, we'd have, you know, we'd be living in the dark ages. So what I would say to the entrepreneurs is, 
you know, I, I would say I'm sorry that the past, you know, little more than a decade has been, you know, really difficult um, for you. But I would say now things, you know, I, I see hope and I see a very promising future. And I would say, you know, go out there, learn everything that you can about crowdfunding, about the new opportunities, how the capital markets are changing, um, and go out there and do what you do best, which is innovate. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Uh, Darrell, one of the things I'm going to tell you uh, on air for for the world to hear, one of the things that got my attention when I sent you an email to you yesterday is, hey, would you be on the show? What really got, sincerely, a mom on Wall Street. That you? That's right. I love it. Got my attention. See, that pitch worked. Uh, a mom on Wall Street. Good. Well, uh, you know, I'm very passionate about this. I, ha- I do have two <laughs> young children, and... Um, you know, I, I can't just sit back and, and watch our capital markets go to shambles. I mean, this, this is my children's future, and, you know, I want them living in a prosperous America and not raising my grandchildren in the United States or China. So that's uh, where I stand. Very well said. Uh, Vince, uh, 30 seconds or later, uh, what would you like to leave our uh, listeners uh, with today? Uh, it's a fraction, and I'd love more than a fraction of the 100,000-plus that are listening. Uh, regardless of where they are. Go to Startup Exemptions website, make an investment in yourself, in our country, in the globe, and learn about what's occurring in these bills. And you know what? There's plenty of information to pull down on who senators are, who Congress uh, folks are. Call, write some letters, because this isn't over yet. Right, you know, right, right. We, we, we've got a big week coming up next week. So uh, just I, I'd implore and, and encourage everybody to make a phone call, fast email, learn and be part of the movement. Very good. Thank you, Vince. Uh, David Drake, sir. Well, what I'd like to encourage is, you know, since we're going to do international events in Stockholm and some others, right. and all right. the international listeners and the growing community in India and Brazil are the leading communities for your listener group. Um, you know, Jim White has been doing management consultants for decades. And, you know, we have an expertise with uh, with uh, CFRAS, we call it, the crowdfund intermediary regulatory association all of us on the phone that we would like to be hearing from groups abroad saying hey how can we implement this you know go to startup exemption or go to cfra and contact us and say hey how can we implement this in our country or in our city or in our community and we want to hear from you whether through jim or directly i think that's one way for people to get involved Thanks, Jim. Very good. Very good, David. Uh, Jason and Woody, I think everybody here, the producer in my ear and the world was hearing it. Uh, uh, any any final comments, uh, Jason and Woody? Well, we're uh, just thank you again for making the time today on your program. Uh, thank you, listeners, uh, for tuning in. And, yes, just, I'll just echo what everyone else said. Please come to uh, startupexemption.com uh, and uh, we have a look at the framework and let us know how we can uh, begin to interact with uh, different countries and, and organizations around the world. I think that not only entrepreneurs, but angel investors uh, and other uh, professional investors, uh, we have a lot who attend a lot of the Soho Loft events and are a key part of this, will be a key part of this community because uh, as we grow it, it's not competitive with, with professional investors. It's really a, an on-ramp to professional money as crowdfunding offers. So thanks again. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you've been listening to the Circle of Success Radio broadcast live from Carmel, California. We'll be back same time next week. Until then, make it a great week.
You've been listening to Jim White Circle of Success Radio. Please visit our website, jlwhiteinternational.com. Join us next time as Jim White brings it all together on Jim White's Circle of Success Radio.